Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, I'm thrilled that we are speaking with Sterling Davis, the Trap King. And I can't believe it's been a while. It's been almost like two years since we last spoke. And Sterling, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. So how have things been? Uh, What have you been up to the last couple of years? It's been good. It's been a lot. Busy, super busy. A lot of trapping still as usual, but a lot of events and shows as well towards the educational side. So, and I've been hanging out with my friends, the Acrocats, and doing some shows with them and educating some of their followers and fans on TNR Community Cat Care. So I've been been pretty busy, been pretty busy. Still a lot of TNR, but a lot more educating. And that's a lot of what I want to do. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. So you actually just sort of touched upon it in terms of the conversation around work-life balance here. You've got the trapping demands on a local side being in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area. And then you've got this educational component. Sounds like you're sort of prioritizing education and outreach a little bit more. And what actually are you doing when you're out and about around the country? I'm TNR first and foremost, but I try to address issues and things that I see that come up. Like one of the topics that I wanted to touch on that I did not too long ago was talking about diversity in rescue and then handling or dealing with feral humans, I guess you could call it. (laughs) Because that's something I know a lot of my followers, a lot of people that follow me and they do rescue as well, they've experienced it. I know my volunteers When I first got started, they would run into situations where they would be harassed and people would talk to them bad. So I've been addressing that a lot lately on how to deal with rude or aggressive or, like I said, feral humans. Would you be willing to share some of your tips here? Because I'm sure there are many people around the country that have run into these situations where, you know, you're really just not feeling safe and you're there for the cats, but yet the environment is really not a good place. And especially where there are a lot of women in this industry, it makes you know, women feel even more vulnerable. What are the tips that you share? Yeah, one of them that I was that I talked about during my presentation, and the presentation, by the way, was hilarious. I actually had a volunteer come up and we did role play during the presentation, and it was pretty hilarious. The volunteer was wonderful. She participated and did well. But One of the tips that I gave is as far as like politics and things to that degree, like I spoke about Michael Vick. And when I mentioned Michael Vick, of course, everybody was like, oh, boo and everything. And I was just letting people know a lot of times that reaction start, it could cause a rift before you even get started. If you go in an area in a neighborhood to do TNR, you want to educate and speak to people. You don't want to just jump out of a van with traps and just start doing it. You want to talk to people, make sure that they know what you're doing, why you're doing it. And then some of the topics you bring up, like some stuff you should just stay away from, such as like Michael Vick or religion, politics. One of the tips that I gave too also was that we talked about during the presentation is bumper stickers. If you have a bumper sticker on your vehicle that is letting everybody know who you voted for or who you don't, what politician you don't like, well, depending on what neighborhood you go in, 
somebody can see that and automatically they don't want to hear about TNR, cats or anything you're doing because they don't agree with your political views. And that's just something that shouldn't even be in cat rescue because it doesn't help the cats. That's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. And my daughter is a great fan of bumper stickers. So I think that you could clearly identify where her leanings are. She probably has 20 bumper stickers on the back of her car. So it's a very interesting point taken that you want to keep yourself sort of in camouflage in the community to the best of your efforts. And you actually did a trip up to Minnesota this past year and went around and also and chatted to some students in schools. Tell us a little bit about that program. That was really fun. I was working with a feline rescue when I was out in Minnesota and I went to a couple of shelters. But the best part, I really love going to the schools and working with the Girl Scouts because I was able to connect with the children. You teach the compassion young. And I think it's great because when I was young, I couldn't imagine if I would have had somebody come up to the school and do a little rap and talk about cats because I really like cats and I didn't know how many other people like cats. So being there and talking to children and, you know, like I said, teaching the compassion young, it was great. I was able to read my TNR book and they loved it. Well, they probably loved to meet a Joe more than anything. My cat to meet her. She was she kind of stole the show. Uh, she's trained. She's leash trained. She's clicker trained, and she actually goes into the trap to show how the process works. So once she did that in front of the students, they went crazy. There's just everybody just wanted to pet and meet her. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The kids seemed engaged and interested. It was good. I love it. And the Girl Scout thing that. I visited a, a Girl Scouts troop and it was pretty good too because I'm still work getting a TNR badge for Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. I think it is something that goes hand in hand. It's an outdoor activity. It's positive. So that's something I've been working on too. And being able to go visit a Girl Scout troop and the schools, I think really helped push that in that direction. I think that's a good move. I had a ton of fun too with Feline Rescue. So I, I really enjoyed it. That's great. I saw a few of the videos and it seemed like you had uh, standing room only at a lot of locations. So that was fantastic. Just out of curiosity, how does one like encourage your local Girl Scout or Boy Scout troop to have a TNR badge? Well, it's for me, it's been pretty much spreading the word. You know, when I first thought of the idea, I thought that there was like one central location to go to and I could talk about it. But it's more so like just spreading the word out there because it's so many different areas. So that's been the main thing, just spreading the word and keep putting it out there. I've met a few troop leaders that said that they think it's a great idea and they would spread it. But I'm not sure about the main board or just one main place to go to. So I've just been putting it out there like crazy in hopes that the word continues to spread and somebody can get back with me on it. Because I've even reached out to, what is it, the Boy Scouts of America, the Girl Scouts of America. And I think they're changing it to just Cub Scouts of America now. So it's been sort of a just spread in the word process for me now. Very interesting. It's a great thought. In my experience, I've had a lot of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts obviously do a lot of food drives. And they've also built feral cat shelters They haven't necessarily done that much cat trapping in my experience, but that's not to say that they couldn't and that they shouldn't. I think that they should. They definitely loved building the cat shelters that we had, especially the ones that were, you know, super insulated for New England winters. And they would be able to paint them, you know, pretty much whatever way they wanted to paint them. You know, you sort of want your shelters a little bit. You don't want them bright pink, really, but 
you know, they're pretty much, they could sort of design them in the way that they wanted to. So there were often a lot of those kinds of projects. But I think a TNR badge is a really fantastic idea and one that, you know, we should really consider taking it across the country, so to speak. And it would be a great project. You know, before we go on to other topics, you know, being the trapper that you are and all the work that you do in Atlanta, what's the situation like for cats, community cats in Atlanta? Are things getting better there? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I see more engagement. I see a lot more engagement. I mean, not just from my standpoint and my experiences, but just other people. I can see it. And it feels good to go to a lot of colonies. Or I had a few situations where I was caught out because we'll see a bunch of cats and then I get out there and I see that all the cats are ear tipped. And so that's great. At that point, I could just explain to that person, hey, these cats are all ear tipped. It means they're vaccinated, spayed, neutered, and it's good to go. So I've had some situations like that where I've been caught out and the cats were actually already, had already been TNR'd. So it's starting to pick up. I see a lot of more people getting engaged and definitely some of the communities that I've gone to, I've been able to get a lot of people into trapping on their own. So that's been great. I've had different little contests for the kids and stuff. And some of the neighborhoods I go in now, the little boys are like grabbing cats. I made up support for this or something. And I'm like, that's not really how it works, but I'm glad that they're getting engaged and understanding and want to do something about it. So it's looking pretty good. It's looking good. That's great. And it is interesting how when you're out there and you're trapping and it seems like the kids just sort of, they come out and they're like, what are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. And they just want to learn and find out more about the situation. And in general, I would say most kids are very positive about trap new to return and they're really happy that the cats are going to come back. The cats are going to get the surgery that they need. They're going to get the vaccines that they need. And it makes a lot of sense to kids, which says a lot about kids and their understanding about what's the practical solution with regards to cat overpopulation. So that's, that's great news. What sort of tips and tricks do you have for the trappers that are out there all around the country and locally in Atlanta that, you know, might need a little bit more guidance on how to get those cats in their colonies? Well, I would say one of them is depending on the bait. Don't be afraid to switch the bait. Like some cats will like this. Some cats will like that. One thing that I've realized is I use mackerel, jack mackerel a lot. But after a while, certain colonies, certain cats, they get hip to that smell. They start realizing, okay, there goes that bald bearded guy again coming with that same smell of this stuff. So, you know, don't be afraid to switch up your bait on what you use. I mean, I'll go from mackerel to regular cat food, to the shredded cat food, to the pate, and then KFC chicken. And then one thing that I've realized too, where it's been tough with some people catching some cats is because some cats may actually have a mouth issue. They may be having teeth issues. And so they're a little more hesitant to go after the food and certain food. So a drop trap and silver vine or catnip can really help out a lot. Because for one, silver vine or catnip will only attract the cat. And if the cat is actually indeed having mouth issues, then that's something that they'll probably still come out, even though they can't really eat. You know, a drop trap and some catnip or silver vine will probably attract them. I've used silver vine, a drop trap, and an old phone that I have, and I can, it can make cat noises. So I'll just keep the cat noises on repeat with the silver vine, and that attracts you know, the cats that aren't really looking for the food, more playful cats. And then it helps as well because it doesn't attract the possums and raccoons that usually aren't trying to catch. 
Very efficient trapping strategy there. And it sounds like you are a good fan of the drop trap, which I think it really is. If you're going to be trapping a large number of cats, I think everybody has to have a drop trap. Wouldn't you think that? Oh, yeah. You definitely want to have a drop trap. I mean, that's why I tell people, you know, make sure you work together because if you don't have one, you could borrow one. But it's definitely helpful because you get to situations where you get those last few or a couple that you, you can't get. Or if you finish in a colony out, then you can focus on getting that last three instead of continuing to retrap everybody else. Because I've had that happen to me a bunch of times where the same little guy just keeps running and trap because he knows I'm going to feed him and let him back out basically. So because he's already irritated. So the drop trap base definitely helps with that as far as finishing a colony and getting specific cats. As we emerge from the global pandemic of COVID, fostering is emerging as the new normal in the animal welfare industry. But shelter management software doesn't provide the tools or the workflows for communicating with fosters at scale. So many organizations struggle to maintain hundreds of animals in foster homes. If only there was a system that was custom built specifically to solve this problem. Introducing Foster Space, powered by our friends at Dubert. Foster Space was custom built to allow you to manage hundreds of foster relationships and to communicate with them via text, email, and even Facebook Messenger. Your fosters have a portal where they can upload videos and photos and updates on their animals. And organizations can schedule fosters for meet and greets, adoption days, or anything else they need. There's so much more to check out. Sign up for free at www.dubert.com and go to the Foster Space tab to get started. Community Cats podcast and feline leukemia advocacy supporter Margaret Tompkins are thrilled to announce our first ever online feline leukemia educational day to be held on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We will have a wonderful group of speakers sharing their expertise around feline leukemia. Planned speakers include Amy Kolbecker from Best Friends Animal Society, Dr. Julie Levy from the University of Florida, Brittany Foxhover from Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, Danielle Case from Treehouse Humane Society, Dr. Heather Kennedy from KC Pet Project, and Monica Frendon from Austin Pets Alive. I really hope you'll join us on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. To register for just $25, go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our virtual education tab, and you'll be able to sign up today. Please join us. Please learn all that you need to learn about feline leukemia and make those adoptions happen. Once again, go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. Sign up today. We'll see you there. So we were chatting a little bit before we hit the record button for recording the show today. And you're a one-man show. And we talked a bit about fundraising. And I've certainly done a lot of fundraising. When I was running the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, I would say I spent about 80% of my time on fundraising and then 20% of my time on operations and stuff. And you and I are very different in personalities. And I know many people who have are trappers and are out there. And, and like I said to you earlier, I would do everything in my power in order to avoid being out there at one o'clock in the morning and trapping a feral cat because I tend to like to be asleep by 930. And I'll write that grant application well before going out and trapping cats. And that's the beauty of this business is that we all can work together and find our different roles in being better and stronger organizations. One of the things that you've set up in order to try and help your one man team at this point in time is a Patreon page. 
And I'm actually only familiar with Patreon pages because it's used in the podcasting world for monthly sponsorships to help support podcasters, but you're using it for your nonprofit. So I think it's a really interesting fundraising idea. Do you want to share a little bit about sort of what the page is all about and how you have it set up? Well, when I first started, I didn't have a monthly subscription or donation thing set up. And I'm pretty horrible about asking for donations, to be honest with you. And I I ran in this just heart first and really wanting to do it. I knew my strengths, but the Patreon page helps because it's basically a monthly subscription where my patrons, they could, they donate. And in return, you get just different. I've sent out stickers and shirts and things to that degree and then exclusive footage. So a lot of times, some of the stuff that you see on Instagram or Facebook, you don't get the same thing as far as Patreon. And I'm comfortable with that because it's not just asking, coming out saying, hey, can you give me some money? It's more so saying, here, I'm giving you something with that. And people can appreciate, you know, if they want to see my big head butt some more then they can because I put a lot of content up there, a lot of video chats, interviews. People want to ask me questions and stuff like that. It's much easier to reach me through the Patreon page. So it's been pretty helpful. I was hesitant at first, like I said, because I'm always kind of leery about asking for money. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world for me. My strength is definitely working with TNR cats, educating people and speaking with the people. Like I'm a, I'm a cat person, but I'm also a people person. So that's my strength in actually doing it. So the Patreon page is a monthly subscription that's really helped me out a lot as far as Things just like traps, gas, of course, surgeries, but repairs on a vehicle. The trap van is, I definitely run the trap van a lot. It's fun and I have a lot of fun with it. It's not just all TNR on there as far as just me trapping cat videos and me trapping cats. Like I do a lot of tips. And then if I go do presentations anywhere, I can share, I can record it and share that presentation with my patrons that aren't able to actually make it to the event. So it's pretty fun. I do a lot of funny stuff on there and just more of an in-depth exclusive look into me and everything that I'm doing because a lot of this stuff, you know, I don't even put out every cat that I trap. I don't record everything, but it's definitely a lot more. Like I said, if you enjoy hanging out and following my big head button, you can definitely see a lot more on the Patreon page. Yeah. So I'll take the mic and say, put the ask out there. So if there are folks interested or folks that follow Sterling on Facebook and Instagram, and you want to help support the work that he's doing, please check out his Patreon page. I actually just pulled it up here. I was checking it out. So it's at patreon.com forward slash OGTK. And you can check it out. So I am doing the ask if there are folks that do follow him and have taken his advice and admire the work that he's doing. He's got very reasonable monthly contribution levels and you should really take advantage of it and help a guy out in Atlanta who's just trying to help some feral cats as well as spread the word around the country. So I'm doing the pitch for you today, Sterling. Thank you so much because I'm really running around in my van kind of like the Anthony Bourdain cat. <laughs> so it's really with everything that I'm doing. So thank you. Thank you for that. It sounds like, you know, upcoming, you do a lot of speaking at events, you travel around. And if there are organizations out there that are interested in having a guest speaker or, you know, a key guest at one of their fundraising events, that you are available for those kinds of things, you know, obviously for a fee and, you know, pay your travel expenses and that kind of thing. But you are available to go around the country. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. I love it. I enjoy doing it because it's a lot of people that 
that don't know about TNR still, like I said, I travel with the Acrocats often and explain and do a little short presentation and explanation on TNR and what I do at their shows. And it is, I love to see people find out about it, they hear it and they're like, wow, I never knew that. I never knew that. And then you hear people like say, oh, wow, well, I did see the ear tip on the cat and I thought they were just getting into fights. So it's, it's good to hear people identify with it and learn like that's a real big deal i use the word the term anthony bourdain of cats because really that is like that is the thing i really love that traveling and working with different people i've been able to do a lot as far as i've even been called out at times just to speak to certain communities certain tough rough neighborhoods that don't want to allow it and i've been able to help and turn that around different women that's been harassed for trying to feed colonies and stuff so being able to travel and go help with that with those type things is awesome i would have never even thought that i would make it further out than Atlanta, but it's everywhere now. So it's, it's good to see that. It's just really good to see that. Well, and it's also great with the language too. You were talking about how, you know, here you are sort of talking to a group of people that are cat familiar, cat savvy. And I had the same experience when I was speaking at a cat show and, you know, this was full of breeders, but also not breeders, cat owners, just general cat owners. And Nobody knew what TNR was. I mean, even to say return to field, no one would really know what return to field is, which I could sort of understand. But trap new to return, I feel like has been around for a while, but they really don't know what TNR is even too. So I think there's a huge market out there where we still need to educate and get the word out. And when Kristen and I go to these podcasting conferences that we've been going to, Everybody knows what podcasts are, but they don't know what Trap New to Return or what Community Cats are. And then when we go to the animal welfare conferences, they all know what Trap New to Return is, but they have no idea what a podcast is. So this whole like language difference thing is really fascinating for both of us. And we're like, we have to think about our different speeches for our different audiences and they can be very unpredictable, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Like, And I do a lot of different different types of talks. Like I said, I, I focus on TNR and educating on TNR, but I've also went and spoke about diversity and rescue. And like I said, dealing with stuff like dealing with feral humans, the diff, you know, with race relations in, in TNR, because there's a lot of times where, you know, for me, I've been in certain neighborhoods where I wasn't invited. And I know a lot of my volunteers, a lot of my ladies that have gone out and they've, Went in certain neighborhoods and they're like, hey, it's no way I'm going back to that neighborhood again, Sterling. Like, you got to come with me or I just can't go because it's it's really terrifying and bad. So, yeah, I do a lot of different ones. And I do have to, like you said, reading your audience and knowing, you know, how to communicate. But I like it, though. It's something that I it's something that I love to do. I've, I've always liked communicating and being a people person. I think that's what's that's something that helps spread the word more. And that's been my goal still since the beginning, since the first time I was out uh, on the Community Cats podcast with you. That has definitely been the goal is to make this more fun and popular uh, amongst everybody, for everybody. Because it's still, like you said, so many people that just have no idea. Even though they like cats, they probably still heard of TNR. So Sterling, if folks are interested in finding out more about the work that you're doing, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or to follow your videos and stuff? 
Well, I'm always on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, find me under Trap King Humane Cat Solutions or just my name, Sterling Davis. I have a Sterling Davis page and a Trap King Humane Cat Solutions page. You can look either one of those up on Facebook and follow me. And I'm really active on Instagram as well. It's the underscore original underscore Trap King. And like I said, I'm on Instagram and Facebook a lot, but also the Patreon page as well. And then from my website, www.trapkinghumane.org. So it's a few places to get to me. And once you get to me, you're going to see a whole lot of cats and a whole (laughs) lot of traps. (laughs) Sounds great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? One of the points that I made in my presentation, I always usually end with, you don't lose cool points for compassion. And that's been my thing. I want to elaborate on that. And I've been trying to elaborate on that more lately. And that's that compassion isn't just for the animals. It's for each other. It's for the people, too. I mean, it's a lot of what we go through in rescue comes from what we say and do to one another and not necessarily even the cats or the resources that we lack. But it's the way we approach and handle one another. And I just want to stress You don't lose cool points for compassion. And that compassion isn't just for the cats and the animals that we rescue, but also for the people that we work with. So let's be patient with each other and be be a little more kind. I see a lot of people that go back and forth with it. And I can't stress that enough that you want to be good to the people as well, to each other. I agree 100%. We all have to treat each other with respect and compassion and understanding to our fellow friends as well as our cats. So I agree with that 100%. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for all that you're doing to help cats and people and everybody, you know, all across the country and in Atlanta. And thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Definitely. I would love to. And thank you. Thank you, Stacey, for all that you do. I mean, you created a wonderful platform for people like myself and that text and just everybody to share information and put the word out more. So thank you as well. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 